can't you relate to like not knowing how to act around someone that you have a crush on? Isn't that sort of a normal thing? Maybe. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> not really. David. Uh, yeah, why not? I'll just share this because it relates to Anne. Um, because. <laughs> Wait, is this where you confess your love for Anne? No, 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 no. God, we're... you don't have to say no so violently. No, I mean, I mean, like we're both. I'm not trying to ruin anyone's marriage is what I'm saying. <laughs> especially, especially my own. Please, it's the Valentine's episode. <laughs> And love is in the air. <laughs> is that what it is? <laughs> I couldn't tell what was what was there. That's what's happening here. That's what's that's that's what everyone's feeling in 2021. Love. Mm. Love is in the air. Oh. All right, Anne. Well, as we always say, this is that's outrageous. And I am Chrissy. And I'm Anne. And this is the podcast where we where we talk about animal news, regular news. <laughs> Well, I would call it offbeat news. Offbeat. Offbeat and un how about this? This is how we're gonna brand ourselves. Un underappreciated. Yes. That's really what it is. It's you might you know what you probably missed this, but yes. you shouldn't have. You shouldn't have. You should not have. Because it's interesting information. Yes, I have I have quite a few interesting ones. So let's start it off, Anne. I in, we're gonna keep with the theme of Valentine's Day. Um, it's a sham holiday, but yeah. But um, this Valentine's Day, for the first time, you know, people love. I sound like this is a commercial, but you know, people love Kraft macaroni and cheese. They, I like Kraft ma macaroni and cheese. Yeah, people love it. People love this stuff. Well, it's delicious. It's <laughs> it is turning that's, into that's it. why they love it. <laughs> well, this Valentine's Day, for the first time ever, Kraft is introducing a candy mac and cheese just for Valentine's Day. Oh, God. And extra bonus, it's pink. Pink mac and cheese. Uh, it's pink in color, but does it, it but it tastes like candy. Uh, yes, it is. It is made with the same cheesy Kraft mac and cheese America's know and love, but it includes a candy flavor packet oh to God. turn the mac and cheese pink and add hints of sweet candy flavor. I, but I, I don't know. I mean, look, I would try a bite just out of curiosity, but yeah. it sounds not good. Why not just make it, I think they should have just made it Kraft macaroni and cheese, but just pink instead of orange. Right. And skip the candy flavor. Yeah. Just be I like, agree. this is, this is like the Valentine's edition. It's I think that would be so fun actually. And I might even be inclined to buy it. Well, and here's the other thing. It's not widely available. You have to enter a contest to get this mac and cheese. That's a lot of work. Yes, if you go to the craft website, they're only, which also makes it interesting, they're only giving out a thousand boxes of it. And, um, okay, already that's too much work. Here's what you do you get regular macaroni and cheese and then sprinkle some pink nerds in there and smoosh it up. And voila, same result. Same result, instant stomach ache. I will say there's a picture with a bowl. It looks disgusting, but I think if you're a kid, again, not with the sweet candy flavor, but pink mac and cheese would be kind of exciting. Yeah, why not? I would sample it. It's nothing that's going to make you gag. It's probably just I like- I don't know. Huh. 
I don't think wow. it's good. I don't. Uh, it's not going to be like that disgusting. What was the worst one of those Thanksgiving candies you made me eat? Oh, God. Those, the candy corns? Yeah. The turkey was pretty horrifying. What was the one that was so bad that it was like, was it the green beans? One of them tasted like blood. There was one that was honestly gag inducing. I thought it was the gravy. I don't remember. Or the stuff. I don't, they, there was like, they were all, none of them were good. Some of them were tolerable. Most of them were gag inducing. Yeah. All right, Ian. Well, and as we all know, there is a flip side to love and that's called divorce. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So there is a law firm in Tennessee that is offering a free divorce to one client this Valentine's Day. (laughs) Just one? Yeah, it's a con. This is also a contest. The winner of the contest (laughs) will be selected on February nineteenth. So if you're somewhere out there and you want to get in on this, there's still time. How do they choose? Like the worst horror story that they ever heard? Yeah, it says. They're offering free divorce, including free legal services and court filing fees. It says, we recognize the terrible year we have all endured, the COVID-19 pandemic, a divided nation and economic hardship. We will be giving away a divorce to the winner (laughs) of this contest on Valentine's Day. The winner of the divorce. The winner. Yes. It says, Valentine's Day to some is a reminder that they are trapped in a marriage they cannot afford to get out of. Or for some other reasons. So clearly it, it is for people who want to get divorced who just can't. So maybe it's like a quickie, like one that it's like, you just need a, a quick one, like five, like there aren't a lot of assets to divide and whatever. Oh yeah. I'm sure it's like going to be like a just very like, simple. We're out of here. It's a wrap. Yeah. I mean, I think if you don't have, it says, um, usually the cost of a divorce starts at $1,150. All right. I mean, if you split it, that's not too bad. No. So I would say if you don't, but that's the whole thing. If you don't have that kind of money to spend on just getting the divorce, I don't think your divorce is going to be that complicated. I mean, how many assets do you have to divide? Yeah. Well, but then you, maybe you can't live. That's the thing. You can't live on your own. People can't, they need both incomes to afford a. That's true too. You know, their that's true. house and their, this is depressing. Yeah. Um, so if anyone out there is interested, you have to email your story explaining why you want a divorce by February 15th. And the divorce, oh, so here's a, here's a key point. The divorce has to be agreed upon by both parties and involve little or no child custody issues. Right. I was going to say, it's like a, like a simple, a simple divorce. Yes. Uh, There's no fee to participate in the contest and it's open to residents of Tennessee. Or like, to whom it may concern, we've agreed we hate each other. (laughs) (laughs) One thing we can agree on, and that is we don't ever want to see each other's faces again. Yeah, that's right. Mm. So there you have it. The happy and the sad of, of Valentine's day. So far, I think both have been sad. And you got to look, you got to look at things in many different angles, <laughs> many different angles. All right, Anne. Well, speaking of uh, trauma and COVID-19. Speaking of trauma. Speaking of trauma. <laughs> uh, yeah. Now, here's a story. Imagine, this actually has happened. There is a 19-year-old in the UK who unfortunately slipped into a coma before the pandemic began and now has, has just woken up and he's living in a completely different world. I mean, he has other problems too. He's in a coma. 
Oh, brother. <laughs> so it's like Walking t- Dead. It's like you, the guy wakes up and is like, what the hell? Yeah. Yeah. Like, what happened to the world? Can you imagine? Oh, my God. I mean, on the one hand, at least you missed it. But on the other hand, it has to be pretty traumatic. Yes. It says, um, like I said, he was 19. It says the recovering teen's family is still trying to figure out how to explain to him what happened in the world since he was hit by a car while walking in the English city of Burton. Wow. Yeah. How do you even explain that? It's like, we've got good news and bad news. Yeah. Um, Oh, this is even crazier. While he was in his coma, he's had COVID twice. Oh, no, sorry. Once (laughs) once while in the coma and since he's gotten out. Oh, my God. I would have to imagine because he's been in a hospital where he's, I guess, just been exposed. Clearly, he didn't do anything to get it. Yeah. Um, (laughs) They're like, there's a deadly pandemic raging. By the way, you've already had it two times. (laughs) You're alive. Congrats. (laughs) And you were in and you were in a coma. Um, God, that poor guy. Yes. They said, how do you explain the pandemic to someone who's been in a coma? Um, Prior to his injury, he was healthy and athletic and his plans, his family plans to get him started on physiotherapy once more, but the rehabilitation was paused on account of COVID. So this poor guy has been in the hospital the whole time. I mean, luckily he's young. Yeah. Brain injury, COVID, COVID again. Is he going to, but he's going to be okay brain wise? It sounds like they they are hopeful that he will um be able to recover but um they also don't know how much he's understanding of them <laughs> telling him that there's a pandemic. We're for three i think so far <laughs> i don't know if it's love that's in the air christine <laughs> i think it's sort of despair and uncertainty that's like and a movie like, don't you think Anne? like boy in coma wakes up to pandemic there are movies like that like a horror movie like while you were sleeping was she got with the guy in the coma although that wasn't a pandemic i mean you know yeah you could you could write it up oh here comes david hey hi hi Hi. everybody this is my friend david no that i worked with years ago and he also has a podcast that i was a guest on a couple of weeks ago that was really really fun um and why don't you tell us about it, David? Uh, yeah, so it's called The Best Story I Never Told. And it's basically, I have friends and colleagues uh, either embarrass themselves or publicly divulge something they've never told publicly, publicly before. Publicly divulge. Uh, you know, for the first time, and it could be happy, sad, fun. Uh, but the nuance is that they have to believe it's a really good story. And then... We just kind of dissect it and try to figure out why would you not tell a story that was so good? Well, my story, in case no one's listened to it, was about (laughs) eating a pan of pot brownies and ending up in Bellevue. So, yes, a good story. Uh, Lots of reasons why you wouldn't want to tell it. I think the the statute of limitations has passed, though, Anne. You're probably okay. Yeah. It passed that night, please. It was New York. They're like, (laughs) we don't care. Did you murder someone? No. All right. I'm going to get out of here. It was fine. Um, but it's a great podcast. You should check it out. Listen to it. Listen to my episode. Then silently judge me. And then um, come on back and listen to this podcast. 
now, David, let me ask you what inspired, like Anne and I were inspired to start a podcast because we were in a pandemic and wanted to find a way that we could keep in touch, even though we work together, but it's a little bit harder over Zoom. So what, what inspired your podcast? Well, uh, you know, and, and you don't, you can't live in Los Angeles without having a podcast. So <laughs> it's a requirement. For- <laughs> it is. It's a prereq. Yeah. You have to learn how to drive and you need a podcast to get and your then- license. You have to check podcast. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah. Ogan door, Ogan donor and podcast. Um, yeah. so there's that reason. And then I, yeah, it's kind of, I, uh, I selfishly, uh, as a writer didn't have anything public to share anywhere and so I just had this idea for a podcast and I thought it'd be a nice way to just have some kind of like work out there in the world so that when I go on job interviews and such they I could say oh well I have a podcast if you don't want to read anything I have to write you could at least just listen to something for 10 minutes it's a very uh, practical answer yeah, it's yeah. not that exciting. It's not that sexy of an answer, but that's like how it originated. And then I just, you know, kind of snowballed from there. Once we should I started. steal that answer, Chrissy, because our answer is like, we just wanted to talk shit. <laughs> well, how long have you been doing the podcast? Uh, 2018, maybe 2019. I, 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 some, something around there. Uh, so now I, I think I think Anne was episode fifty-five, which is crazy to me. Yeah, that is crazy. That's a lot. Yeah, yeah, because there's a COVID year, which is yeah. twenty twenty, which I didn't I didn't do a whole lot of episodes because yeah. of, ver- of various COVID reasons. Because we were all just tr- trying to survive. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, sure, let's go with that. <laughs> So, so David, thank you so much for being on. And I know that you and Anne um, had decided that the movie that you wanted to talk about today was uh, or is just Friends from two thousand five. Yeah, I uh, I don't exactly know what you guys talk about every week, uh, but I have listened to some episodes, and I don't. I I. That's the best. <laughs> answer or the worst answer I've ever heard in my life. I don't know what you talk about. I have listened to several episodes. That's maybe my favorite thing I've ever heard. Just because this movie is not outrageous. I found it slightly outrageous. I th- I think it could be outrageous today. Just the, the mere concept of like the fat suit and the, I don't know if, I don't know if that could fly today. Maybe it could. I mean, it's the old trope of the like, not, they're not attractive and then they you know, hottie to naughty to hottie. Right. And, and I would say I'm so actually, I'm very glad you picked this because it is our Valentine's episode. And this of course has to do with a romance. Um, but, but why don't you tell us why did you, why did you choose this movie? So, uh, just friends for whatever reason is a movie I remember vividly. And I, I don't actually know why I don't have a great movie memory. Uh, like I can't quote lines or whatever very well, but uh, I've so one I just remember the movie super well. Uh, I find it kind of problematic in a lot of ways, yet I still like the movie. And uh, I I don't know, it felt like it had a lot of things I liked. It was like sort of to me like peak Ryan Reynolds of is he gonna go Hollywood star or is he gonna stay in this lane of these like yeah. silly, silly rom coms? So it's like we're not sure yet. 
you know, it was yeah. and we're still pretty- not sure, by the way. <laughs> now, and I'm not, I'm that's where we're sure. going to disagree. Oh, I, I love a I love a good Ryan Reynolds debate. Uh, <laughs> Who doesn't? <laughs> and then, uh, you know, Amy Smart's underrated to me. So I agree. Love giving her some 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 love and support. I guess. Uh, yeah, as a fan. I like her. Uh, and then you know. It has like a pop star element to it, and Anna Ferris was like the best. I love her. I think yeah. she's so funny and cute. I always like her. We're gonna disagree on that one. Too. Chrissy's like, ahead. she's so annoying. I'm like, get the hell out of here. She's unbearable in this movie. But go ahead. I like Anna Ferris normally. Well, I like that I picked this movie. We got some uh, disagreements. <laughs> we got some back and forth. Um, Strong opinions. Yes, uh, and yeah, I don't like. I actually don't like the flashback stuff of like he was like an obese guy and that's why people didn't like him. Like I didn't really like all that stuff. I like more the present day. He was like sort of this uh Ryan Reynolds is like an arrogant movie exec and then he has to like take on a fair somewhere and then he has to go to his hometown cuz of like yeah. a, co- a convenient snowstorm and then you know he, he, he left in shame and returned in um as a victor but not really. Uh, yeah, like a stud uh and yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's got uh and it's got like random cameos that like Melissa McCarthy's husband. He was? I don't know. Where where was yeah, he? Yeah, he's the dentist. He's his dentist buddy from high school. What? That was her? That was not. Was it not? Am I making no, that up? No, that's not him. That's 100% not him. <laughs> I don't did think I just... that was him because I did look up the cast. It I think not. I, 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 did I am... just make that up? Sorry. Yes, I am 99.99% certain that I don't know who that dude is. Well, so real quick, just since we've sort of dived in, the plot for anyone who doesn't know is um, basically, as you were saying, David, it's a story about a a guy in high school who's overweight and he has been put in the friend zone by um, this very attractive um, girl whose name is Jamie. They're, they're best friends. She loves him platonically. He has deeper feelings for her. Um, and so basically they graduate from high school and he decides to turn his whole life around. It flashes forward 10 years. Uh, he's lost weight. He now looks like the Ryan Reynolds we all, we all know and some of us love. Um, and, <laughs> and now he's got a very successful career he has been tasked with taking this pop star who I, to me, I don't know if you guys saw this. I thought she was supposed to be kind of a Britney Spears, but yeah, she's kind of a train wreck. He's supposed to take her to Paris. The, the plane has to make an emergency landing in New Jersey. Coincidentally, that's where he's from. So he goes back home and he reunites with his high school crush. Um, and then there's a series of obstacles that stand in their way. Uh, one of which is that he, still doesn't know how to relate to her now that he's thin he's trying to be the opposite of all the qualities that she liked in him um yeah all the while he's managing crazy anna ferris and um and then in the end finally it was almost like a hallmark movie because literally the last scene which is always the way the hallmark movies end they finally kiss after all of these trials and tribulations yeah but you miss the part where he he wants to reveal that he's in, he's in love with her and he writes it in her yearbook and then the scene again that's in all the movies where somebody gets the yearbook they read it everybody hears it and laughs which i don't i've never seen that 
and personally in high school where a crowd of <laughs> 70 people just point and laugh and berate one singular person but they do that to him and make fun of him. And he like flees the town and, you know, disgrace. Yes. Um, so that's, and sort of interesting side note, this was all filmed in Saskatchewan. Oh, oh. it's supposed yeah, to be in New Jersey. Doubling as New Jersey was Saskatchewan. So most of the cast was Canadian, which is, oh. yes. yes. That's cool. Including yeah. Ryan Reynolds. Isn't he Canadian? He is. So yeah, so so basically that's the plot line. I, I will say that I am a Ryan Reynolds fan. I did not think this was his best vehicle ever. I know that Anne was supremely annoyed by him. I found him ins insufferable. And I think he was doing, I felt like he was doing an impression of Jim Carrey, of Jim Carrey doing Ace Ventura. Wow with the face facial expressions i found him exhausting it had nothing to do with him being fat thin good looking not what fat or thin he was completely annoying i also didn't buy for one minute that she didn't know that he was in love with her give me a fucking break well let's ask the male perspective on yeah that, david <laughs> take it away wow <laughs> I, that's a lot of pressure uh well okay i i could see and why you don't like ryan reynolds because he does these, he has these isms in the in the movie where he's kind of a bit arrogant and prickly and yeah, uh, and he's making like facial expressions that are just really over the top. And I'm like, we get it, we get it, we get it. But you know, he was totally fat shamed in high school, right? And then he's kind of acting out as an adult from it. And now he has money and looks. And uh, I'm with David. Know. I just didn't. I I preferred the Chris Klein character, and that is a sentence I never thought I'd say in my life. I found him hilarious. I didn't, yeah. The Chris Klein character I didn't mention, he is another guy from high school who was very sort of overlooked in high school and now a, a, yet another person who has blossomed into a handsome young man. Um, so he is also vying for um, the affections of Jamie, the Amy, uh, Amy Smart character. Um, however, he has dubious motivations because he reveals later on to Ryan Reynolds that really what he wants to do is is sort of win her over just to dump her as some kind of revenge for how she toyed with them in high school. And I mean, that's, that's the character that Anne likes. That's right. See, Ryan Reynolds is pure in this movie. He just wants the affection of his high school sweetheart, whereas yeah. Chris Klein, he was up to no good. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just saying if I had to sit around and talk to one of them, I would choose Chris Klein. The, the thing that I found completely unnecessary about the plot was actually the entire character of Anna Ferris, who plays this pop star named Samantha James. Other than the fact that she's the reason why he goes back to New Jersey because she forces their plane to be grounded because she causes a fire in the microwave. Um, I didn't, I don't know why he couldn't just go home and have this reunion with his high school friends. Like she was just a distraction that was completely unnecessary and also, every single time, she's, okay, she's supposed to be this big pop star, so big that his Ryan Reynolds' brother has posters of her in his room, yet every single time she goes out in public, which is at least three times, she goes to a bar, she goes to a mall, and then she goes back to, a, like, another kind of small club, let's say. Not only does nobody recognize her, 
but they also are panning her and like throwing things at her because she's so bad so yeah. I'm like there's a huge disconnect in the fact that she's supposed to be this mega star that he has to personally escort to paris for a recording session or whatever she was going to do and yet in this town in new jersey where her poster's up in someone's room nobody knows who she is nor do they care i agree i thought i wrote down the same thing i was like isn't she supposed to be like super famous yes i find her delightful well so ryan reynolds didn't want to go back to his hometown but happened to crash in a snow or not crash but had a emergency land yep he happened to land where he grew up so yeah yeah you know he didn't expect to see his amy smart again and then now he now that he does he's all flustered and he's like oh i i don't know how to be around this person yet again right right eh, i'm like get it together listen i think can't and can't you relate to like not knowing how to act around someone that you have a crush on isn't that sort of a normal thing maybe i don't know i don't, I don't know <laughs> Not really. David. Uh, yeah, why not? I'll just share this because it relates to Anne. Um, because. <laughs> Wait, is this where you confess your love for Anne? No, 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 no. God, we're... you don't have to say no so violently. No, I mean, I mean, like, we're both. I'm not trying to ruin anyone's marriage is what I'm saying. <laughs> especially, especially my own. Please, it's the Valentine's episode. <laughs> no, but when we work together, uh, you know, there was a person I thought was like the greatest thing ever, and really, uh, who was? Know, it? I, I would I would just try to say say what's up, and uh, I need to know find how, out who know this how, person is off off um off mic. Yeah, it's uh, but I used to talk about it with our mutual buddy uh, Tori. Oh boy, he probably had some some uh, recommendations. Which I never did. But you never followed through <laughs> on. I was going to say, I bet if you did, I bet if you did, it would have worked out all right. I mean, point being, I, yeah, I didn't know how to act around this person. I didn't know what to say. And so I usually did it most, most of the time. Well, now, it's okay, David, since you brought up your personal life, I did listen. I wanted to listen to the podcast you did with Anne. And then I listened to the next one, which was you with your wife it, and it was called the best story i never told my spouse which if you don't mind me saying was a story i'll let you tell it of of when you were in college misconstruing the intentions of a young lady that makes it sound like date rape that's not what i mean at all oh yeah Straight that's that one. it's like the darkest episode you've ever recorded <laughs> it really is please we've already talked about divorce Craft macaroni and cheese that tastes like candy. It's very dark. Yeah. So that yeah that that particular tale was basically about misunderstanding someone's intentions, and uh, that doesn't didn't really leave me. <laughs> I guess I got older. I guess you could say, and uh, not knowing you know signals of people or missing them or all that. Yeah. Yeah, well, let me say to your own benefit, I mean, if you don't mind, because you already put it in a podcast, so I guess it doesn't matter, but sure, you were sitting by yourself uh, eating on the, on your college campus, and a young woman came up and asked if she could sit with you, right? Correct. Yeah, 
So, I mean, I don't know why you wouldn't think that she would have yeah, someone agreed. out of the blue. I don't know why you wouldn't think that she had an interest in you. Yeah, you're probably right. But, you know, back then I, I just, I was a little, un, it was uh, unexpected and I didn't know how to react to it. And right. it had an interesting outcome. And so, yeah, fast forward to me working with Anne, I, I still didn't know how to talk to this person, although I did. What happened? I gotta know. I think, oh, you know what? Okay. I, it's like I blocked it out of my memory. Oh. But I remember what happened. Obviously, there was like a long period of nothing. And then shout out to Tori. He's like, you should, you know, ask her to dinner or something. And, the, you know, keep in mind, this was like in the wild early 2000s. Early 2000s. This is Tori Lee, who's the smoothest guy going. Shout out to Tori. The best. Uh, but like back then, like work culture was, I would say, inappropriate and not <laughs> good in a lot of ways. So uh, I think things haven't changed too much. But yeah, uh, you're probably right. So and like and like our workplace was like an extension of like a club, you know, like, <laughs> it was like a nightclub, but you were working there. So at one point I danced <laughs> on stage with LL Cool J and was dancing. In a... uh, I'm pretty sure I saw that. Yeah. So. <laughs> So I think if I remember correctly, uh, I wrote an email to ask if she wanted, wanted to have dinner and then she politely declined. Via email or in person? Uh, via email. Ah. Yeah. And then after that, was it awkward or it was fine? Yeah. Then what happened? Were you like, Hey, can you, can you check out this report? Or like, what, how did that, what happened? Well, I mean, I didn't visit Anne's floor as much, probably. <laughs> uh, yeah, I just, you know, I. You like laid low for a little while. I just kind of left it. Yeah, because I and I, I think Tori obviously was good with Intel. And then he he informed me she was she was, you know, in a relationship. And then that was an end of story. And I think she left the company, too. So then oh. it was like it was like oh, all that- all done. Yeah. That oh makes my. it easier. God, yeah. Who is this? Who is this person? Yeah. Just say it. We'll cut it out. No, no. I'll I'll tell you later. Yeah, he can tell you later. Oh well, and just to close the loop on the college story so people don't think anything crazy, basically this woman sat down with you and it turned out that she was inviting you to an event at her church where she was trying to recruit um, people to, to, I guess, was it to join the church or to join some kind of youth group, something like that? Yeah, it was like campus ministry or something, yeah, uh, wow. you know, so I was not what I was expecting, like, basically. Mm. She was like a campus missionary. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah. 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 Like yeah. going from person, anybody who was like sitting by themselves, she'd be like, hey. Yeah. Mind if I sit down? Talk to you uh, about the, the good the good book? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess in some, in hindsight, if she was actually led with that perhaps the outcome would have been different you know like meaning meaning like i'm like i know what you're here for so i'll actually have a conversation and not think you know you're trying to pull something on me or you're deceiving me but if you were just like actually wanting to have a conversation about faith maybe i'm just gonna be okay sure that's how they do it it's the bait and switch that's how i ended up sitting in a room for three hours learning about cutco knives and bringing home a set (laughs) to my mother that she still has and then she said to me, you realize I'm not going to give you my friend's information so you can try to get them to buy knives, right? And I said, oh, so that was the end of that career. 
<laughs> but if they had said from the top, this is about selling knives door to door, I might have been like, gotta go. But yeah. instead, I was like, oh, after about yeah. two hours, this is about selling knives door to door. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because sometimes if you're just upfront with what you want, or like, hey, I'm going to sell you some knives, you're like, okay, well, how are you going to sell me knives? And that's like all good. But then if it's like a bait and switch, I think that's what gets uh, not fun. No, I agree. I agree with you. Oh, boy. Yeah. So anyway, so I think it's interesting that you chose, you know, knowing that story. And now we know the story of when you worked with Anne. I think it's interesting, maybe subliminally, that you picked this story for Valentine's Day. It's like a Freudian decision. Oh, wow. I I never, I didn't even think about that way, Chrissy, but uh, you've totally (laughs) broken it down. You psychoanalyzed me. Yeah, maybe. I I I guess. I think it's a universal. Everybody's like somebody that didn't like them back. I mean, that's just a universal truth in the world yes i think that's why these kind of movies people love so much because everybody can relate oh sorry i think the thing about this movie is that it reverses the trope it's usually the the wallflower girl that takes off her glasses and shakes her hair and all of a sudden she's beautiful and everyone loves her this is the opposite which you don't as often see that it's the man who was the ugly duckling who turns into the swan so you know, to me, that's just the, the most interesting part or the, the only way that this deviates from the usual script um, yeah. that, that these rom-coms usually have. Yeah. All right. So there's something, David, we have a scale. I don't, okay. I, we have a scale of rating films. The best is Muldoon inspired by Patrick Muldoon, who's the patron saint of this podcast. Yeah. The worst, although we do, here's something we already regret. The worst is Van Dien in honor of Casper Van Dien, though I think wrongly so. Yeah, we. I love Casper Van Dien. Yeah. Just in the terms of the scale, one <laughs> needed to go at the bottom, one had to go at the top, and surely I'm not putting Patrick Muldoon at the bottom. That's right. And and if you're in the middle, we call we combine it and call it a Muldeen. Yeah. So like Van, so like Van Dien is like a one. Muldoon is a ten. Yeah. And Muldeen is a five. Like a five. Yeah. Uh, I'm. I don't, I mean, I do really like this movie, uh, but I can't give it a 10, so I'll give it a nine. Oh, yeah. that's like a- Nine oh, is very like a, high, actually. That's, that's like a Muldoon in, um, you know, Fishes and Loaves Heaven Sent, maybe, where it's oh, like, it's not my favorite Muldoon, but it's up there. You know what I mean? Well, that one was not so good. Yeah, yeah, I was like, come on, Anne. Fishes and Loaves is not where you should be going with that. Well, I will say that this movie is one of those- movies that's in one of my favorite because it's not a genre but one of my favorite type of movies are the ones that are like always on tv on regular cable tv on like a tuesday at five and then you just sit there and watch the entire thing with commercials for four hours i love those all the adam sandlers you name it so i put that that movie in this that category right it's like a it's like on tbs and you go huh like about 30 minutes in, you go, I'll watch the end of it. Yeah, it's one of those movies where you, you catch it and you're like, this part's really dumb. And then you just keep watching anyways. Yeah. And then and four then, hours later, you're like, yeah. oh, this is still on. And then it rolls into something after. And you go, 10, 10 ways to lose the guy, how to lose a guy in 10 days. Yeah, let's watch that too. Um, oh, I like that one. That's a good one. That's a good movie. <laughs> I'm going to give this a, um, a Maldine. I'm going in the middle. Maldine? Yeah. And I think I listen. I I enjoyed this movie. I, it's very you know you're not going to learn any deep life lessons out of it, despite the fact that maybe they're trying. 
but um, I, I would give it a, this is a whole, I would give it like a Muldine plus two. Like I put it, I put it in the middle. I'm going to say this. I think that if Patrick Muldoon had been in the starring role, I would have loved the movie and it would be a full Muldoon because I like the storyline. I just find Ryan Reynolds annoying in this movie. That might be extra controversial. That That is. I don't know. David, do you have a, a vast knowledge of the work of Do you Patrick know who Muldoon? Patrick Muldoon is, David? That's I... <laughs> <laughs> question number one. Are you even aware of the man? I... No, you. T- I asked you, I think, in a prior chat, and oh, I, I think you did, yeah. And you told me, and I'm like, okay, You're but like, uh, yeah, I think I'm it was not, more like, okay. <laughs> I, I unfortunately am not that familiar with Patrick Muldoon. I feel like I'm confusing him with other Patricks. That's fair. Um. Yes. Well, he does bring a certain special sauce to any film that he's in. Um. So maybe maybe it would be interesting to see him in this role. I always have liked Ryan Reynolds. I don't think this was his most appealing character, but I enjoy almost everything that he's in. Um, but anyway, well, I think, listen, I think that we have thoroughly gotten to the bottom of Just Friends, <laughs> David's premarital dating life. <laughs> We found out a secret crush. A Your wife's going to be like, who was that again? Tell me, tell me who that was. <laughs> I mean, my wife probably is probably happy that I <laughs> had a crush. I don't know. Like, it, well, I'm, she's certainly happy that it did not work out. Yeah. Well, I mean, Otherwise, she doesn't she would not have been married to her. Well, she doesn't want to be married to like a sap, you know? So I guess That's hearing that I, sap. I think, I, I think it's nice. I like guys that are, just good, solid guys. Yeah, I mean, no I think offense. I'm ta- I'm talking. To, I think I'm talking myself into a corner, but I I think like you know she probably thinks, hey, he used to he always put in an effort. Yeah. Even if it didn't yield the results that he wanted. But also an effort in a genuine way, not in the Chris Klein way, which was dubious. Yeah. Exactly. T. Yeah. Never team Chris Klein, I guess. Well, I mean, that's the thing. That's, yeah, never. <laughs> I mean, no offense, Chris Klein, but. Right. Where's he been? Where's, where has he been? I, I happen to, I happen to know a little bit of his bio. And, there you uh, go. yeah, he had some personal issues. So he kind of stepped away from being the on camera. Limelight. Yeah. When he dated Katie Holmes right before she got with Tom Cruise. Whoa, what? Yeah, yeah. Yes. I'm pretty sure you he was engaged. I know that. Yeah, he oh, de- he they dated for like I remember there was the rumor was that he was the actual father of her of the baby. Of Surrey? Yeah. I think Surrey looks just like Tom Cruise. Though. Yeah, I don't think he is a father, but I remember that being like a a rumor that was going around. Also, uh never talk bad about Tom Cruise publicly. That's my little tip. Oh, what's behind that? Well, he's got certain religious beliefs that uh, I will say this. I do think Scientologists are monsters. However, I'd be lying if I said I didn't see every Tom Cruise movie in the movies. I love Tom Cruise and I know I shouldn't. Only positive things from me about them and anyone in that area. Just nope. Oh, brother. (laughs) Look at David's David's afraid of uh, litigation. What, you got a cease and desist? (laughs) You know, I, I, I went to, um, 
the Scientology Celebrity Center, I went and got um, brunch there once. Because I, I lived across the street from there for years and years and years. And they used to have a, there was a sign that was like open to the public, open to the public. And I, for years would go, we should go over there. I just want to see what's happening inside of there. And one time we're like, today's the day. Today's the day. We're going to go over, walked across the street because it was literally just right across the street. I didn't have, we didn't have to drive or anything. Walked across the street in the parking lot, literally someone appears out of nowhere. Out of, I'm like, where did this person even emerge? They're like, hey, how's it going? Where, where are you headed? We're like, oh, we just, we wanted to just get brunch. And they're like, oh my God, funny, you should say that. I'm headed that way too, follow me. And oh brother. So we got brought, brought in to the Scientology Celebrity Center, which is this, the building is this beautiful old historic. It was like, used to be like a hotel or whatever. Inside is like clean. All the walls are paneled with um, like big, big screen TVs. And they all have um, like, you know, like the weird sea org type imagery, like, like a lot of like boats and like people in captain hats and that kind of stuff. And they lead us out to the, um, outside area to sit down and it was like a um buffet style yeah so we get up to do the buffet and i am in line behind people and the all the people start going no 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 go before me i don't mind before me and i'm like okay and it was so weird and we got the food and we sat down and it was fine and the waitress will come over and be like more coffee but would look at me like co coffee meant something else. And I would go, um, yes. And you had a positive experience and there's no reason for litigation or anyone to contact no, you. No, right? the eggs yeah. were delightful. It was cool. The coffee kept coming. And uh, it was a beautiful structure. I will say though, no one, no one did try to, no one sat down and said, let me talk to you at Scientology. Like it was very like, Clearly, we were the only non-Scientologists there. I could sense that, mm. but there, there was no, um, no pitch. It was just like, "Here's your bill, goodbye." And and, and none of us are going to say anything else about Scientology at all. No. Nope. <laughs> nope. <laughs> or are we? I don't know. Um, anyway, so so David, just to send us out, let's remind everybody one more time about your podcast. Let's say the name and um, and where to find it. Yeah. Oh yeah, thanks. Yeah, it's the best story I never told. You can find it on Apple or Spotify or Google. Uh, also, beststoryinevertold.com. Check out Anne's episode. She tells a really fun story that involves narcotics and celebrities <laughs> what a combo it's the best kind all right david thank you so much for coming on it's been great to meet you yeah well thank you david yeah and, and go ahead and send me the information immediately about who you're talking about because i must know okay yeah i'll tell you uh once we stop recording okay i know i'm like and stop recording so we can find out i just want to my body